Well, hi everyone. Uh, my name is Jamie. I'm one of the pastors here at Bethany. I'm really glad that you've made time today to spend with us. I'm glad that I get to share a bit of what's on my heart and hope it will be encouraging and meaningful to you. Um, now, we're closing off our series, uh, What Comes Next, where we've been invited into the question of how do we follow every day with Jesus and just the everyday, the normal, even the mundane ways uh, that we can follow him. And so uh, today, I just want to talk to you about the gospel. And the gospel is good news. It's the good news that the kingdom of heaven is here and Jesus is its king, its leader, its head of state, whatever title we need to place on that, that he is the king and that he is changing everything. And the question for me is then, like, well, why is it good news? Well, it's because it's a kingdom of peace and compassion. It's a kingdom of justice and comfort and restoration. It's a kingdom that brings joy and care and inclusion for everyone, that's, that's really good news. So think fruit of the Spirit. Uh, think of it in the sense that fruit of the Spirit is the normal way of life here, that his policies and his administration is all about love and joy and peace and patience and on and on and all about that. That's what God's kingdom is. And that's good news about the kingdom because it's a way of life that invites everyone and anyone who wants to follow God to just bring Jesus into their lives more and change and transform every part of our lives. So the gospel, the gospel is the declaration that Jesus is king, which is good news because his kingdom is about justice and about restoration and forgiveness. And not only that, though, it, it gets better. Here's why. The kingdom of heaven is something that is already here, but also something that is still fully coming. It's, it's both of these things together. Jesus taught about this. He taught about the kingdom of heaven being near. The scriptures uh, in the New Testament speak often about Jesus as king. This is a present reality. The kingdom is here. And yet, Jesus also teaches us to pray that thy kingdom come, this idea that it is yet to come, and the scriptures are also full of this reality, of this truth. About a year ago, I had a chance to, well, a chance, I put my daughter to bed most nights, uh, but so Emery was about five at this time, we're going to bed, and, and it's one of those nights where she starts just talking a bit deeper, a bit more interesting questions, and she starts talking about how it's just strange that Jesus is invisible. Like, why is he invisible now? Because when he was a baby and when he was here on earth, we could see him. So I, you know, try to grasp that well and say, well, I tell her, hey, you know, Emery, one day Jesus is going to come back. He is going to come here again, and we're going to see him with our own eyes, and he'll never be invisible again. And Emery looks at me, and she goes, oh, I am so excited for that. It was really cute. So I, I ask her, can I tell you another part of the promise? And I tell her that when Jesus comes back, that he will make everything bad turn to good. So Uncle Michael, who's my brother who's in a wheelchair because of an automotive accident, uh, that Uncle Michael will be able to walk again. And her eyes pop open and her jaw drops, drops open. And not only that, but I tell her that no one will get hurt feelings or be scared or angry anymore. She just says, oh my. She says, oh my, like I am so excited for Jesus to come back. And so I wanted to tell her one other thing. I say, hey, just I want you to understand that when we ask Jesus into our lives, when we ask Jesus into our hearts, that he starts to do all of that good stuff in us already, that he helps us when we're angry and sad or scared, and that he begins to transform us in the way that he wants to transform the whole world around us. We talk a bit more, and as a dad, I mean, I was just so overwhelmed with how cute she is with how ex and so, so excited about all of this conversation. And then as we're chatting, she just stops 
and looks straight into my eyes and says, Daddy, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for telling me this. I'm not exaggerating. She, she said it that many times. Because God's kingdom, with all its hope of restoration and justice and life, is something that we can experience or can anticipate coming fully. We can be excited about this. This is really good. And this is a promise all through scriptures. You can read about this today, actually. Just read from Isaiah 43 and Revelation 21 and just look at the imagery of God renewing and bringing new life and restoration. God himself will do this. But we don't anticipate this passively. We don't just anticipate this passively, but rather we do so collaboratively as partners as we pray for and participate in its arrival because God is at work bringing his kingdom and we can join in through everyday awareness. That's kind of my main point today is that God is at work bringing his kingdom. This is something he is doing and as we anticipate that, we can actually join in through everyday awareness. And today, I just want to share with you about why and how this is actually uh, an important part of following Jesus, about what can come next. Because God is at work bringing his kingdom, and you and I, we can join in through everyday awareness. So I want to take a bit of time to look at what I think is probably one of Jesus' more familiar miracles but where I think we often overlook the mundane and every, everyday aspect of it. And this is an account that we find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, they all include this story. We find it in Matthew 14, in Mark 6, in Luke 9, and where I'm going to read from in John chapter 6. So I'm going to start in verse 5 when you're reading in this later on today. Um, I'd encourage you to go further up and read a bit more of the context, but uh, for our time today, I'm just going to start in, in verse 5. So here's what John writes. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? And he was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. And then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and, and two fish, but what good is that with this huge crowd? And tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000. And then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. And afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. So let me ask you, what stands out to you in hearing that as you were reading along? What, what stands out to you? What catches your attention? Um, what, what needs to be highlighted in your mind? Well, I want to I point out to you a few things that I think are really important in all of this. Um, because like I said, I think um, it's easy for us to focus on just the miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000, but I think all four gospel writers, they include this for more than just the miracle. I think there's something else going on here and something that invites us and, and challenges us. So here's a few of my thoughts. First, I think this story invites us and challenges us to be aware of what God is already doing around us. I think it invites us and challenges us in that regard. Not to say to ourselves, I only have two fish and five loaves of bread. Not to focus on our limitations. Say, I only have a little bit of understanding or, or education or, or time or experience or, or money or resources or, or whatever it is. Am I saying that I think whatever we do, God is going to literally multiply? Do I think that we should expect our fridges to just have more and more food in it all the time? No, not really. I mean, not regularly anyways. But I love that Jesus tells us that, um, or sorry, that John tells us that Jesus already knew what he was going to do. 
In verse 5, we see that Jesus sees the need that the crowd has. He's aware that there is a space for his kingdom to grow and reach people here. So this is both a promise and an invitation to us, I think. It's a promise that God is at work bringing justice and forgiveness uh, to bring his kingdom here. But then it's also it's an invitation for me to open up my eyes to what needs are around me, to see with a different perspective, to see what are the needs around me, and then to join in and actually just participate with Jesus in the good work with what I have. Even if it feels like what I have can't really make a difference, even if it feels like this is ridiculous to even be offering this. I mean, we have two fish and five loaves of bread, but what good can that do with this size of a crowd? Sometimes it can feel ridiculous, but we are invited to join in with God with what we have. It's not about trying to do more. It's not about trying to say, look how much I can offer, but just with where we are, with what we have. And then we just get to trust that he already knows what amazing things he wants to do with that, with just what little we have to offer. So that's the first thing, to be aware of what God is doing around us and to recognize that we can just join in with what we have. The second thing is that Jesus still includes the disciples in his work even when they missed what was going on, right? Because they they didn't catch it. They missed. They had been with Jesus that whole day. And John doesn't highlight this as much, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when you read their accounts, you see that they spent the better portion of a day listening to Jesus and watching him do miracle after miracle after miracle. God's kingdom was already present there around him. And I think for me, like we can be honest in church, it's embarrassing for me to admit how often I respond in this very same way, seeing God do incredible things and then having another opportunity to join in and my response is 100% just a human perspective. You know, God is asking me, like he asked Philip, how are we gonna feed this big crowd? And my response is like, oh wow, Jesus, like that is really a great question. I mean, that's a big task. So tell you what, I'll, I'll take like a few weeks, maybe, maybe a month and I'll just research this, okay? Like I'll, I'll really dive into this and then maybe over the next year, let's just pour ourselves into this work. Let's work really hard. We'll be diligent, we'll be efficient. And then after that, I think maybe like we can make a dent in this thing, right? That's unfortunately too often my response. That's how I limit what I think God might wanna do, viewing for, through the lens of my human perspective. And that's what Philip and the others did, right? But here's what I love about this. Us missing what God is doing doesn't stop him from again inviting us in to participate in what he is doing. We still get to be part of it and see it with new eyes because listen to this. Philip 100% missed what Jesus was about to do and then he 100% got to be a part of all of it. Right? Do you see that? Philip completely missed what Jesus was about to do, and yet he still got to be a part of the whole thing of what Jesus did. God is always inviting us in. I think Jesus includes us in his work over and over again, even when we don't catch on to what he's doing the first time or whatever time it is. He's always inviting us to be part of it. So the first thing is to be aware of what God is doing around us and to see that we're invited to join in. The second is to recognize that God is always inviting us to participate, even when we don't always uh, practice awareness or we miss what he is is doing. And the third thing is that it's never just about physical needs and never just about spiritual life. Let me explain what I mean by that. In God's kingdom, caring for physical and mental and emotional needs of others is all part of caring for the spiritual needs. 
This, I think, is what James writes about when he criticizes those who are able to offer so much practical help, and yet when they pass someone who is clearly hungry and needs clothing, and all they say is, hey, God bless you, I'll pray for you, may God's presence lead you. And James says, well, what kind of faith is that? What kind of faith is that to not actually help in a practical need, not actually provide food or clothing or whatever the need is? But just meeting practical needs isn't enough either. When you read further on in John, you can do this today. The crowd that Jesus fed, all of a sudden, they want to make him their king. And in this context, I mean, how can you blame them? How could you not want someone to be your king who can make food magically appear on your plate? But this is where Jesus pivots on them. This is where he begins to talk about eating his own body for food, which, let's be honest, is weird, right? But what he's doing is pointing the crowd to the truth that being physically fed, that being physically alive means very little if you aren't also spiritually alive. The two go together. And this is not uncommon for Jesus, right? We'll, I'll just point a couple things out. Jesus will often picture himself as some form of physical food, physical sustenance, as a way to pointing to spiritual life. So he'll talk about himself as being, um, being bread, uh, the bread of life come down from heaven. Or he'll talk about himself as being um, living water that if you drink, you'll never be thirsty. Or he talks about himself as being the vine and, and we're branches and, and out of that comes fruit that, that sustains. And all of these pictures are uh, pictures of physical sustenance, but they all point to spiritual life. And I believe this is really, really important for, for all of us because the kingdom is here and the kingdom is coming. And when it is present, every need is addressed, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. This is why we partner with the full arrival of God's kingdom as we pray, as we enter into spiritual practices of that form, and as we practice acts of love and compassion and repentance and, and step into justice and joy and forgiveness and inclusion on and on and on. God is at work bringing his kingdom and you and I, we get to join in through everyday awareness because then we get to participate in the good news that the kingdom of heaven is here, that Jesus is king and that he is changing everything. This is really good. So what does this look like for us? What, what does this mean for us today, tomorrow, Tuesday, next Thursday? How do we, how do we, play this out? Well, honestly, it can look like a lot of different things. It can look really different. So let me just give you some examples of how I'm, how I'm trying to be aware of God's kingdom around me and trying to join in. And let me just say off the top, like, this is not me trying to brag. This is, like, you're not going to be impressed by these, but it's just me trying to live out what we're talking about, to say, I know God's kingdom is around me, so what does this look like? So uh, the first thing I've been trying to do lately is just to, to be praying for my neighbors by name, not just in general, not just in passing, but to often and regularly be in prayer for my neighbors. And part of that means uh, making time in my day to, to stop and talk with them, to get to know them. Obviously, the, the summer makes that a lot easier to be outdoors, uh, but to get to know them, get to understand them, spend time with them, hear their stories a little bit, which then allows me, which then allows me to go back into prayer and just pray more specifically for these individual people. And I, I am really enjoying seeing what God is doing in me and in them and in our relationships. And I know he's at work. Um, I'm also trying just to make spiritual conversations, especially with other Christians, normal. Not forced or contrived, but just normal. To be sharing about, hey, here's what I see God doing in my life, or here's what I, I think I'm learning about God these days. Can I share that with you? Or, hey, what's God doing in your life? How do you see him at work in, in your home or in, or in your job or in your neighborhood, whatever it is? So just trying to make that normal. Um, 
I'm also trying to practice just being generous. We had a chance recently where we were going on holidays for a week and our car was going to sit on the driveway. And um, a couple from the church, friends of mine, uh, they're also incredible home church leaders, uh, they needed a car that week. And so we just kind of said like, well, why don't you take this, right? It, it didn't cost me a lot. This isn't some, some lavish act of generosity, but it was just a way of saying, hey, I think God is working out this timing. Why don't we just enter into that? So these are just things that, that I'm experiencing. But everyday following of Jesus, you know, it is going to include these big, massive projects, right? So organizing large food drives for community care, this is such good work. This is really incredible. Or it, it can be things like creating and sustaining and leading organizations that work to meet the needs of the homeless community in our region, like Toolbox Niagara, just an incredible organization, great work. Um, it'll include building homes and relationships with people in El Salvador. These are all kingdom work that can't be overlooked. But more often than not, and more commonly, it's going to include everyday things that just express the kingdom. Things like calling or visiting someone who is alone or just has a lot going on in their life. Giving them some time, giving them a chance to talk to someone and just listen to them. Again, it'll be getting to know your neighbors, creating space for that. Maybe volunteering once a month in a community center of some form or, or dropping off a meal for a new parent. If, if you've never done that for someone, you have no idea how much help that can offer to new parents. But it can also look like just being present, not actually doing anything at all, but just being there. So things like stepping into the grief and the hardship of someone around you, to, to step into their mourning, to step into with solidarity and just quiet listening and just being present because being aware of God's kingdom work, it's not always about doing. Sometimes it's just about being there with a person, being present, listening, stepping into the grief and just sitting in it. God's kingdom can be there as well. So there's a lot more that I could list about time, resources and money or celebration. God's kingdom includes celebration. Let's not forget that. And sometimes it'll just mean being aware that Jesus is looking to do work in your heart, in your mind, to transform you. And it's not always about the work out there, but that he's bringing his kingdom in our hearts as well. So those are just some examples of what joining in with God is, uh, around us might look like, right? It's just a few examples about what God might be doing around you, just having eyes to see that. And again, this is not about us being super Christians or me trying to pressure anybody into saying, you got to do more, you got to do more. No, this is about joining in with God, with his work, with, with what he's showing us, with what he's helping us to be aware of, and then to enter in with what we have it could be just some fish and some bread. It could be a willingness to be present with someone in their loss and grief, a chance to be generous or just be open to what God is doing in you because as the kingdom of heaven comes, as the kingdom of heaven comes, it brings renewal and hope and repentance and joy and justice and forgiveness. So wherever those things are needed, that's where God's kingdom can be brought. That's where we can join in with God's kingdom. Wherever there's a lack of joy or justice or peace or compassion or companionship, that is where God's kingdom can be. So practically, what do we do then? Like, again, what's my challenge for today? Well, I hope it's kind of obvious, but let me just say it clearly. My challenge for you and for me is just to be present to God's work around you. Let's be present to God's work around us. In other words, recognize that God is at work around us, already bringing hope and renewal and life through Jesus and that we get to join in. Remember, Jesus already knew what he was going to do. 
Jesus already knew everything that he was going to do and just invited Philip to be a part of it with him. God is bringing his kingdom and we are invited to be part of that. So we can pray regularly. Say, God, show me what kind of needs there are and then show me how you want to meet that need. Not about us making it happen, not about us doing, 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 but saying, God, this is a spiritual thing. How do you want to lead us? And then just know that he is already doing this work and we get to join into it. Let me share with you one other story, and this is about my other daughter, Haley. This is last winter. Um, Naomi had picked up the girls from school, and uh, the three of them were driving home down our street. And Haley notices this man that, quite honestly, just he, he looks to be homeless. He's, he's got a shopping cart. And um, Haley kind of uh, notices him right away and says, Mommy, like, we have to help this man. What can we do? I want to give him my mitts. And, I mean, what a, what a sweet thought, right? And, and Naomi says, oh, like, that's incredible, but, like, that's a grown man, and, and you have these tiny little mitts. They're not going to fit him. And so they, they drive by, and they, they get into the driveway, but Haley won't let it go. She says, Mommy, we have to help this man. So they get inside, and Haley's thinking, and then she goes up, and uh, she grabs a fresh loaf of bread and some bananas, just a bunch of bananas. And she says, we have to go give these to this man. Okay, so the three of them, they get back into the van, and Haley says, how, how are you going to find him? We don't know where he is. And so they stop and pray. And uh, Naomi just prays, Lord, can you, uh, you know, we want to we do this. Can you lead us in the right way? Can you help us find this man? So they pull out and drive down the street. And sure enough, just a little ways down, they find him. And so Naomi slows down and pulls up beside him. And, and Haley opens up the whole door and hands out this bread and these bananas to this man. And says, hey, these are for you. And this man so graciously accepted this. Haley said he had the most kind eyes. He just looked at Haley and said, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And he, and he took those. And that was it. I had to tell you guys, I want to be more like Haley. I want you to be more like Haley. I want us to, with what we have, with what we see, just be able to say, I can join in with what God is doing here. Now, I mean, God didn't, multiply those bananas and that bread in any form, right? But in a way, didn't God make food appear out of nowhere for that man? Like, wasn't that incredible? I want us to be able to see, to pray, to ask God to open our eyes, to, to have vision, to see you're at work in our, in our neighborhoods, you're at work in our communities. How can I join you? It doesn't have to be these big, massive things. Sometimes it can be just giving some bread and some bananas to a person and saying, these are for you and knowing that it's because Jesus loves, loves them. Now, let me just add one last thought here. And that's just that it's not always that obvious, right, as it was for Haley, that, hey, there's someone here right in front of me that can use some help. Sometimes we're a little unsure. Sometimes we're, we're not exactly clear on, God, are you leading me in this? Should I be doing this? Should I not? So let me give just two thoughts on how to respond to that. The first is just to ask yourself, does it feel Jesus-y? Does it feel and look and, and sound and smell like Jesus? Is it, is it what he might be doing? If the answer is a resounding yes, then you can probably jump into this and say, yeah, this is, this is something God is calling me to. But we also don't have to figure this out alone. We're, we are in a community as the family of God. And so I'd encourage you, if you're, if you're unsure, 
or just want to share it, to share with others in your community, in your discipleship community. This is why home church is such a big deal for us because it provides, among other things, a space to actually share and say, I think this is what God is leading me in. I'm not sure. Can you pray with me about this? Or as someone else shares, to say, let's pray about this. Let's think about this. Let's ask God for direction. We can share in that community together as a home church. And then it also gives us a space to to then celebrate to say, we've been praying about this. We've been asking God, how do we join in? We see a need. How do you want us to serve God? And then he makes a way. Then you can celebrate this and you can tell that to others in your home church or you just share that in other conversations that you have. Here's how I saw Jesus show up in my life or around me. You can actually share that with our entire church community right now because if you go on our website, uh, there's a way to share what we call portrait stories. Just to say, hey, I want to share with our community how I am seeing Jesus at work in my life. So there's a link for that online. You can find that quite easily. And it gives us a chance to just say, God is at work. He is inviting us to join in because he is bringing his kingdom. And we are invited to join in through everyday awareness. So may that be the reality for you and for me as we go through our day and hopefully as we go through our entire lives. Let's pray together. God, I'm, I'm grateful for the promise of knowing that you are bringing your kingdom here. To know that you are Um, at work, that we can anticipate this and this is a promise that we can hold uh, indefinitely and know that you will bring your kingdom, that everything will be restored, but also to know that we are partners with you in this. Thank you that you show us. Thank you that you um, help us to see through prayer, through awareness, that we are invited into your kingdom. Will you make us a people just with where we are, with what we have, not feeling pressure God to be who we aren't or to do more than you call us to, but, but just to make ourselves available to say, you know, how are we going to feed these people? How are we going to meet this need? How are we going to be part of your kingdom coming here on earth? Will you lead us in this? Will you direct us in this? God, we pray for your wisdom in this. We pray for your direction. And would you make us a church? Would you make us more and more a community that has eyes to see the needs around us, the eyes to see what you want to do in our hearts and in the lives of the people around us so that we can see more people experience your love, experience their needs being met, and experience the spiritual life that only you bring. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.